Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Doing things a little bit differently today, we are here at the Cleveland Challenger. It is the semifinal day. There are so many great players, so many great tennis fans around. It's been a fantastic atmosphere, and we are fortunate enough today to be joined by a Cleveland Challenger semifinalist. I believe he is up to now, what? 225, 215 range in the world rankings, former UCLA All-American, former NCAA men's singles champion, Marcos Giron. Marcos, thank you for coming on the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. And a bit of a frustrating thing, we are down to one mic, so we apologize for the transitions, but... Marcos, as listeners of Correct Interviews go, I, I had the chance to talk to Carousel, a former teammate of yours, and our listeners know I am a huge college tennis nerd. You obviously, if you're talking about the 2010s, are one of the staples of 2010s college tennis, so it's such a great uh, pleasure for us to get to talk to you. I have to start with this question, though. How did you get into tennis? I was about five five, six, and my mom took me to the courts in the park and just started feeding me balls. My, uh, on my dad's side, my grandfather played some tennis, not much, just weekly, and same with my dad, once a week, and, uh, and so uh, that's kind of how I got, got, got started. Sure, and for fans of you know the tennis world, and it, it's such a funny thing with tennis because you've got the Colette Lewises of the world who do junior tennis all the way through Bobby Knight in college. Obviously, there's the ATP stuff. I've been a tennis nerd my entire life, and so what I first remember you from, International Spring Championships 2011, I believe you win that, and then you win the Easter Bowl back-to-back. Was that your first taste of really high-level success? Because, I, I mean, there were YouTube highlights of you, or was tennis something you kind of always excelled at? That was the, the most success that I had. Because that was a crazy, crazy streak. Because I had won the the week before was a Claremont ITF, and I won that. And so then I won Carson, then Easter Bowl, and then Ojai Men's Open. So it was it was crazy. Um, before that, I didn't play ITF really, and I, all of a sudden I was 30 in the world and going to French Open, Wimbledon. So that was that was insane. Before that, I had played um, played played. Uh, I never won a. Uh, super Nationals. Um, and so, yeah, that was really a highlight. I know, though, you know, you are a California kid. Obviously, you wear it proudly. And, <laughs> and I, I have a doubles partner, Max Rothman, who's a SoCal guy. Mm-hmm. Now, he swears not only is the NoCal-SoCal rivalry part of what propels California tennis, but he swears by Southern California. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> Just look at Mays Cup. <laughs> Well, would you say though that level of California tennis being as high as it is is what pushed you to you know keep getting better? For sure, I, there were so many guys that were top players. Um, I mean, look at the top hundred in the world. You got Bradley Klon, you got Ernesto Escobedo who broke it, you got Fritz St- Fritz Johnson. So there's a lot of top players. And coming from Thousand Oaks, I was really fortunate. I had uh, there was. JT Sunling was there, Dennis Lynn, Comic Morrow. So there were three guys that were top ten in the nation that were a couple of years older than me that I got to practice with every day. My partner also mentions high school tennis in California. It's a huge deal. Did you play high school? I did. Okay, so you were Thousand Oaks. Yeah. But here, the ch- I know Uni University yeah. is very, very good. Uh, Rothman went to Harvard Westlake. He said uh-huh. they were solid. But uh-huh. would you say Thousand Oaks takes the cake? So my, uh, <laughs> my first year, my freshman year in high school, we... <laughs> We had a battle. We lost in the semis to Santa Barbara. We lost 
we won all nine single sets and lost all nine double sets. <laughs> And, and it's a funky format, right, where you play different sets versus different people? So the way it is, there's three singles guys and three doubles teams. And each singles guy plays a set against each of the other team singles. And then same with the doubles. Each doubles team plays a set against each of the other doubles lineup. And it's accumulation of all sure, the sets. So plays three or whatever. Exactly, three and, sets. And so you go 9-9. Nine, nine. What happens next? <laughs> it's a tie? We lost in games. <laughs> it was tough. That's so funny, and it's funny, you, you think about the guys from California, you mentioned JT Sunderling, some of the names that come to the top of my mind, mm-hmm. you've got Ray Sarmiento, uh-huh. the guy, That's Dean right. Wynn, of course, uh-huh. California guy. He was on the Santa Barbara team. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, well, I mean, growing up with that crop of players, I know Ray, Daniel, a lot of them ended up making the choice to go to college. Now, uh-huh. as you mentioned, though, we get to 2011, you win your first three ITFs, you know, back to back to back, and... You're on YouTube now. You're, mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned, number 18 in the world. I'm sure number one recruit on tennis recruiting, which is something we can get into <laughs> in a second. But at that point, is the decision, you know, college versus pros at the top of your mind? I thought about it a little bit, but I knew that I, I had to go to college. I was not ready physically, mentally to do it. I, growing up, my uh, one of my rivals was Bjorn Fratangelo, and so he was a guy who went pro, and so um, it's interesting to see kind of a few years down the line what, what what's going on with our careers, and so it was, I thought about it, but I knew that I was going to go to college. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, another guy I didn't mention, Jack Sock, a guy yes. you play in the yeah. semifinals of the 2011 Kalamazoo, he also goes pro, right? And uh-huh. so, you know, looking back at that decision, you end up going to UCLA, why was that the right choice for you? Um, it was. Number one recruit in the nation. That's pretty sweet. I would swear, but we're live, so that's. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mind that. <laughs> and so, but yeah, so getting back to the real question though, why UCLA? Because I'm sure UVA, USC, any school, you know, even Harvard, if you wanted yeah. to go that route, everything was open to you. It was a really tough decision. It really came down between USC and UCLA. And so it's wild. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder what, what would have happened. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. When I got to campus, when I went on my recruiting trip, I just felt such a connection with all the guys, the players, the, the coaches. And I don't know. I just felt like the vibe worked and that, that there was just a good connection with everybody. Did you have a relationship with Coach Billy Martin? Because I know he's a huge person. <laughs> Did you know him before college? I played his son Will a few times in juniors. Uh, no, uh, in twelves in uh, he he got me, uh, and but I knew both him and Peter for several years, so uh, it was tough. It was really a tough decision. And I I, I want to ask, and you know, pardon me if this comes off as rude, but no, no it's my promise it's not that. Okay. Bad. Um, having watched you on YouTube, having seen you now. It's you've obviously physically developed. You know you've gotten much stronger, but it seems like you played that same aggressive style that you you know in 2011 yeah. that you do now, taking balls early. You know, trying to not necessarily flatten out the ball, but really you know get hit into the court. Mm-hmm. Would you say going to college was more about you know mentally developing, or did you think physically you needed that time? Because as I mentioned, you know, you weren't the biggest guy. <laughs> That's why it was a yeah no <laughs> you know. Uh, for sure, I think it was all of the above. Um, I mean, I definitely kept my identity as a player, 
Um, and I think there's a lot of parts of my game that still needed improvement and still do need improvement. And, I mean, a big thing of it is time management. Physically, I, there's there's a lot more to it. Every day you've got fitness, you've got practice, you've got school. And so I think being able to handle tam, time management was huge. It was really difficult. Um, and school had all the resources in the world. Uh, and so it was really, for all the above, it was, it was really helpful. And also, there were so many good players on the team. I mean, Carousel, he was playing six, and what, he got to 350 in the world? So everybody on the team was kind of on the, most guys on the team were on the same page. They had, they were very good juniors. Dennis, top 10, ten uh, tennis recruiting. <laughs> uh, Puget, top 10 in the world in juniors. Clay Tom, Novikov, Clay. Oh, we have a whole so, okay, all right, I'm excited. <laughs> um, so there were so with school, with the with the training, with the coaches, that everything, all the everything was taken care of. And <laughs> you say you know it came down really to UCLA. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's fine. I, I just assume I'm loud enough that they'll they'll hear me no matter. They're sick of my voice. Um, but it comes down, you know, UCLA, USC, the two California schools. Without necessarily dissing on USC, what was it about? I think it's Westwood, right? That's where UCLA is. What, yeah. What was it about Westwood that you know brought you home? Um, like I said, it was a community. I felt like I really connected with the people. Uh, it's tough because you know when I was at school, I absolutely hated the guts of USC, <laughs> and every time they play football, of course, I'm waving <laughs> the blue and gold flag. Uh, when they play basketball, but it's uh. You know, I just felt like I had a really good connection with everybody on the team yeah. and the coaching. Yeah. And and you talk about that connection. I think it really we, – we saw that as fans of college tennis your freshman year. You play for a UCLA team that goes 26-4. and four. You know, you're thrown right into it, and you're playing four singles on a team that's got, you know, Clay Thompson playing one, Nick Meister, another guy who had pro success before getting injured, playing two, you know, Dennis Novikov, guy comes in with you, playing three, Adrian Dennis – what was that transition like, not only, as you mentioned, mentally when you're, you know, the time management, all that thing, but just the tennis itself. I mean, all six of those players are professional players. Yeah, it was it was tough. Um, but because every day you kind of had to bring a certain level, there's there you couldn't really take days too, too easy. There are a couple guys on the team you can... Uh, you can slack a little bit, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm just messing. He was uh, no, but uh, but there was a there was a standard that was set, and you, you had to perform. There were enough guys that you had to perform, otherwise you weren't going to be in the lineup. Um, and uh, I was going to say that uh, it's different playing college tennis and individuals because all of a sudden you feel like you're, every match you're playing is for something bigger. And it's the same the other way. Everybody you're playing against is coming at you with, yeah. with, they're fighting. They're, they're you know they're fighting their ass. Uh, you know they're yeah they're they're they're, they're yeah they're fighting like like hell. And uh, they've got the coaches on their side helping manage and coach against you. And so it was, it's definitely a transition. Yeah. Well. Uh, and it, you mentioned uh, that everyday expectation. Of course, at UCLA, you are neighbors with USC, who at the time, I believe they were three-time defending champs. You had to have been aware, D-Win, Stevie, you know, they were going for perfection. 
your freshman year, you guys go one and three against them, and you know you get a couple of wins individually. But still, was that rivalry one of the top reasons you thought UCLA is going to be the place for me? Yeah, absolutely. And one of my best memories of college was beating USC at the my freshman year. They had a thirty-something home match win streak, and they had a full lineup. We uh, and we we beat them four three, and that was insane. We had three courts where all of us were down a set and a break. You were a four six seven five six one winner in that one. I that's the first of what thirty times you played. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, who would have known? And so that was that was crazy because Dennis McCurchin was down a set and a break against Roberto Quiroz on the court next to me. I was down a set and five two against Gomez, and to break that streak was uh, was an amazing experience and. And it was too bad. It would have been in. It would have been cool to have beaten them in Athens that year. Uh, which brings me to you know that match your freshman year. You play them NCAA semifinals. For people who don't know, and it's embarrassing that I do know this, but it was raining like crazy. That yeah, and I saw that little glance. Don't think I didn't know that. But it was raining like crazy. So I know they send you guys indoors. Georgia only has four indoor courts, so you guys take two courts. Uh, UVA, who's playing Pepperdine, I believe at the time, take the other two courts. And you know I'm reading right in front of me when I look at this article on the UCLA website. Coach Martin said that top two form having Stevie, having Ray play right off the bat did not suit well for you guys. Without spending too much time in the past, do you think you were as good as that USC team that year? Well, we beat them at their home, so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they kicked our ass the first time we played them, but, uh, but it was – that would have been epic because they – I'd beaten Emilio, and then, and then Puget was up a set and a break against Hoffman. Uh, and so if Novikov loses 7-6 in the third to D-Win. But it, if he had pulled through, it would have been a deciding match between McCurchin and Kiros. All on that court. And I would have... <laughs> I would have I've liked my chances. But how did your team deal with the rain though? Just in general, that environment. What is that like when you're you know sitting around all day and you're like I just want to play and you've got to watch your teammates and you uh -huh. want to be invested in them, but at the same time you got to stay calm for yourself. It was emo it was very draining, uh, emotionally draining and mentally, but it was also ex extremely exciting. So it was it was wild. Uh, I mean, the matches didn't go too long, though, one and two, unfortunately. So I didn't have to wait too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but no. Been no, that year. no um, but it was. That was one of the more exciting moments of my career, to be honest. Like, because they had marching bands also, USC did, and Virginia. And so it was that. It was, and Pepperdine had the loudest team. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it was, it was yeah. crazy. No kidding. And then, you know, transitioning to your sophomore year, you guys. Meister, but still, you you bring back such a strong class. Um, it's you, Dennis. Uh, you've got Adrian, the other Dennis as well. Uh, Clay, Carew. You know, you lose to USC at the indoors four three. I think that first match, but then you beat them three times the rest of the year. What was the sophomore year like? Uh, do you you know per lineup? You go from four to two. When you're when you're asked, you know the expectations of you are risen. Uh, what is it like as an athlete to respond to the, that pressure? It's tough, but it's something that I wanted to do. I kind of always want to test my limits, and and fortunately, like it, it was a good mix of guys. I think there are some guys 
that were okay with playing a little lower in the lineup, even if they were better um, than maybe what they were playing. Uh, and so I was very excited to do it. And as long as I kind of kept my end of the bargain taken care of, yeah, you sure. know? Just, so. you know, don't make me play doubles with Dennis. And then okay, yeah. just kidding. Um, but yeah, you know, you you talk about one of, one of the highs of that season, and I can only imagine one of the highs of playing tennis. You know, I want to shameless plug here, and I'm sorry to bore you with this, really? but I played club tennis in college, and we won a club tennis national title, and like. It was like, oh, uh, sorry for sure. Holy shit! Like this is <laughs> unbelievable. But then, you, you know, you you now it's NCAA semifinals. These are real stakes on the line. It's three all, and you're playing Peter Kobelt, who year for people who don't remember was a top ten player. I think he finals the American in the fall. He's playing two behind Rolla, but you know him, Rolla, you, Dennis, all guys capable of playing one singles at any school. It's incredibly windy that day, uh, and I know your team takes the doubles point, and then, you know, it's the end of the third set. What is that feeling like? Biggest stage, all the pressure comes down to you. It was... Is it something you think about? Yeah, I mean, it was... Because in, in All-Americans, Cobell beat me in the second round, or third round, so... No, no. So... I wanted revenge, but uh, I, it was really tough conditions, really windy, and I knew that that was probably better for me. Uh, and so I kind of was just taking it point by point and just trying to take care of my serve, and hopefully I can get an opportunity to break. Um, and then when it kind of came down all on me, I mean, I just would I would look at my teammates, look at the coach, and and I just was gonna give him my all, and I really did not want to let them down. So I know you have to rebound for a you know the national the finals the next day and of course for people who don't know individuals for NCA start right after you've got that in the back of your head as well. But do you take a moment when something like that happens, enjoy it with your teammates, celebrate it all? For sure. I mean, those are the <laughs> moments we kind of li- live for, and so that I mean that was amazing. Uh, it was it was definitely a moment to remember. Um, so enjoyed it for a few hours and then to go back to it and then of course comes what i have said before is in my opinion the best college tennis match maybe just narrowly edging out that usc virginia final from 2011 in stanford the one where d win hits the volley on sonam or whatever um but that match you know when your team's preparing for a national title i think it was ucla's first national title since 2005 or appearance um again we're all human. I, I imagine in the locker room, is, are you going to your team and like, guys, today's the day. Is everyone nervous, doing their own thing? What's that scene like? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Every day we'd uh, look at Bobby Knights. <laughs> and he and, and a few of the – this is early Bobby, and he kind of kept having us lose. <laughs> and so, and so uh, we would always joke about it. We had to prove him wrong. Uh, so that was kind of a funny, uh, funny little thing that we had going on. Uh, and we, I mean, we just kind of went in there just trying to take care of what we can control, what we control, and we were pumped for it. We were excited. I mean, they, that year we had a great team, but I think Virginia was still favorite to win. Um, so we, we wanted to take it to them and leave it all out there. Well, 
You talk about taking it to them. You match up at two singles with the number two player, maybe three in the nation at the time, Alex Damajan, who I would love to ask you about because that he's not a pro blows my mind. When I remember seeing him be like, that guy, that's a professional tennis player. But you come out, I, it was straight sets. What You win that match, maybe 6-3, 6-3, 6-4, 6-4, something like that. Now you're waiting. You're playing the waiting game, you know, watching all of your teammates finish. What's what's more difficult for you to get through, the watching or the actual playing that day? Watching 100%. It's horrible. It's it's awful. <laughs> it's there's like the, you just can't control it. When you're playing, you have a sense of how you're feeling, how the momentum is going. But when you're watching, there's there's no control. You're trying to do everything you can to support, but then in the end, you know it's up to the guy out there. <laughs> There's really nothing you can do. Well, I have to ask you this, and I know it's going to be painful, but it would not be right to do this interview without asking. Did Adrian's foot hit the net? I hate to say it, but it did. <laughs> Tough call by the ref. <laughs> Good vision by the ref, but it hurts. But, so when you have that, and it's so unique. You know, you've won the match in your head. Uh -huh. You know, Frank's lob goes out. And is it? was there a moment when you guys are, we're, we're the fucking national champs? Sorry for swearing. Yeah, well, we all took a couple steps and started running. Yeah, oh, you did. There yeah, Billy, yeah, we started We started taking steps, and Billy's arms kind of, like, he kind of looks up in excitement. And when he does that, you're pumped. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, there was a brief, very brief moment where we thought we won it, which kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, and just, you know, coming back from a match like that, you've got to play the individuals the next day, and just in general, your whole team's got to be feeling it. What is the locker room, you know, you told us what it looks like before. What is it looking like afterward? What is Coach Martin saying to you guys? What are you saying to one another? We're all just totally defeated at that point. Um, everybody was just in disbelief. Uh, he Usually after every match, he... Every match we have a team meeting, kind of go over what happened, what he thought, um, and I mean there was definitely a definitely that sense of you know it was it was taken away. It hurt. It re it really hurt. Um, and so it was one of those moments that's unforgettable. And it was a, it was a good ex it was it was an it was an amazing experience. But also I mean it but it hurts. I can only imagine, again, what that's like. It's, you know, such high stakes. But then, you know, personally for you, as I mentioned, you were such a successful junior. You had to have always had pro tennis on the back of your mind. And then after that sophomore season, you have some success on the Futures Tour. You take that fall. I think you win, what is it, two Futures title there. You win another one in March of your senior year. I think I have those dates right, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Appreciate you saying that. Given the heartbreak of that national championship, given the pro success that you're having, why in your head were you like, you know what, I still want to come back to UCLA for another year? Um, I felt like, one, I felt like uh, the, I did not feel ready still at that point. Um, that fall I started, I did start having success, and so that was, that was really great that was good for me to see on my level uh but also i felt like as a team after such a heartbreak that it'd be awesome to give it another shot we, we had a tremendous incoming freshman crew we had mackie mcdonald gage brimer joe DiGiulio all coming in uh 
we were keeping everybody except Novikov, and so I felt like we had a we had a very good opportunity the next year. And and also, going to school, I feel like if you commit to going to college, you might as well kind of stick it out unless you really unless you're ready unless you're ready and dominate or win NCAs. And uh, and so I felt like I I lost in the I think quarters. I think it was quarters of my sophomore sophomore year, and so. I, I still did not feel like I was emotionally or f physically or ready for it. Round of 16, Soren Hess-Olsen in three. That's right. <laughs> Got my revenge next year. Yeah, another, hey, hey, you always seem to do that. Well, it's, it's, you mentioned that freshman crop and, you know, Mackie, Gage, and, you know, Gage has had injuries since then. He's had so much going on, but at that time, Gage was the coming off an Easter Bowl champ. I think he's number one on tennis recruiting. Obviously, Mackie, everyone knows who Mackie yeah. McDonald is now. I guess two questions here, and one of it will be fun. One, was there any, you know, elbowing of Dennis Novikov saying, Dennis, dude, you come back, we've got this thing. And then secondly, what's it like for you when you have that crop of, you know, such talented young players, all people probably with pro aspirations, come in and look to you as a leader, look to you and say, well, you know, Marco's just won two pro titles and he's coming back. What is he doing right? Uh, first, I mean, I I think for sure we all kind of would have loved for Dennis to come back because he be definitely made this team stronger. Um, but he was he was not going to come back, he and he ready. made he was he was ready. He was not coming back, and and I think the whole team team felt that and knew that. And then two, as far as the all the all the freshmen incoming freshmen, I just kind of try to try to simulate a little bit of what what the older guys like Meister did, and just kind of. Just kind of kept doing what I what I had to do, and then if they came to me, approached me, I would always try to help them with whatever they could. I was my style is I'm not too I'm not going to be too much in in anybody's face, but I uh, you know I, I love to I love to help people, and so whenever they came, and I and I just I kind of stuck to it, and the, they were they were all really hard workers, and so it was easy being with them. Mackie having some success now. Do you ever remind him, dude? I used to whoop your ass. We had battles. He was a freshman year. I mean, we had battles. Uh, he was he was always good, and same with Gage and, and Joe. Yeah, well, then, you, you mentioned their talent. So subjective. It's a stupid question to ask you, but I asked Carew this, and I will tell you his answer so as not to bias you after you answer. Which team is better, in your opinion? the t Your sophomore year team, the team that beats Ohio State in the semis, makes the finals, or this next year's team, I think you guys go maybe 3-1 and one against the USC team that wins the national title. Uh, this will give it away, but Cruz swears that he's talked to guys on that team who said we just did not want to play you guys in the final, given all that talent, more talented team, in your opinion. I think, I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, the, the no, 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 uh, junior, my junior year with Mackie and Gage. And I say that because we had, Clay was one of the nation at the time, I was too, Mackie was, Mackie's Mackie, he's hot. yeah, yeah. Uh, Gage was playing phenomenal, uh, and we had Pouget and Carew playing, and so that year was, I, I thought we were the best team, we were the team to beat. So Carew says, and he says, you guys were lobbing, put Pouget at six, coach, put Pouget at six, that, that was a real thing? Well, Pouget was hurt the entire yeah. year, uh, and so we, we lobbied for Pouget to be put into the lineup. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you know, with that grin on your face, I think that's a perfect time to bring up a name you just mentioned, Clay Thompson. For Ben, this is not Clay Thompson, the basketball player, though they are both <laughs> the equally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although they are both quite the personalities. For people who don't know, Clay, you know, plays to his sophomore year, drops down to number five in the lineup his junior year, takes a. Respectfully, Clay, if you're watching this, a bad loss to Justin Shane in that NCAA final. And then he comes out the next year just on fire. I think he wins the indoors in the fall. Uh, you know, number one player in the country. Hair coming everywhere. Headband everywhere. When you're playing with a guy like Clay, T I mean, what is that experience like? Oh, it's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> you never really know what you're going to get. <laughs> and it's it was uh, incredibly exciting. It was fun because he lost first round of Tulsa All-Americans. And then before the back draw, he's like, guys, uh, I'm going to play like Pete Sampras. I'm going to serve volley. <laughs> and he did it, and he won the back draw. And he went and was like, guys, I'm going to play like Pete Sampras. And he went and did it and won national indoors. <laughs> and he kind of kept doing it. And then when he was winning his ma matches at national indoors, he would do the Jamal Charles wipe down after every match he won. <laughs> it, was, it was just a... It was very entertaining. <laughs> I once watched him like put his hands out, like loop the racket around, and just like give it a little shimmy or something. Is that a things he did at practice too? Oh yeah, all the time. It just <laughs> some days he had come out and show no emotion, none, no emotion, just cool as a cucumber. And some days he would come out and, I mean, my freshman year we were playing Cal, <laughs> and he was playing Cueto. And he lost the first set 6-0, and the second he somehow finds a way to win. And I remember when he won the second set from the net, he started flapping his wings like a bird and like all the way back to the baseline. <laughs> and so, I mean, the stuff he does, you couldn't make up. <laughs> I can only imagine, and it's just... So then, you know, we can end the college talk here, and I want to be conscious of your time as well, but, you know, obviously your junior year, you guys fall short in that semifinal, which is so unfortunate, but you yourself playing phenomenal tennis that uh, you know in that entire NCAA week and I think we've seen before you win three ITFs as a, as a junior in a row you win a couple pros futures titles I think back to back uh, as a pro you can get hot and play really really good tennis what about the circumstances in Georgia you know NCAA's junior year you're weighing going pro coming back senior year what allowed you to get in the zone that week and win that NCAA singles title that year, I worked super hard, and I think if you ask anybody on the team, I was I was war I was practicing I think more than anybody and doing a lot of fitness. And I was, I don't know, I felt like that year in school I was really a professional kind of about the way I was going about it, and so I felt like I worked, I did everything I could to be ready for for that. And I kind of always had that goal in mind, and and so I don't know, I kind of I I pay tribute to. I mean, the, the hard work that I put in and then also to everybody around me that kind of made it possible to do it. And to play, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. To make, we were rooming during NCAAs. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Well, then, you, you know, for, for listeners who don't follow college tennis closely, if the winner of the NCAA individuals and singles is an American, they get a wild card into the U.S. Open. Now, the U.S. Open being a grand slam, huge amount of prize money don't and that's obviously clear compared to other events you know huge amount of points available for you given that you have pro aspirations now that you've won that wild card did the decision of i think it's time to go pro become pretty clear to you 
Yeah, for me, I, it was a it was a mix of I, I I was winning the futures that I was winning the futures that I played. I won three of the four that I had played during the season. Um, I won NCAs, so I felt like I've now I've kind of you know I've uh, done as well as I could have in college. I didn't go undefeated that year. I lost to Yannick, but he's a, he's a tremendous player, top hundred in the world. Um, so much but talent. Ex exactly. Talent for <laughs> that that neither. I mean, again, <laughs> you know my thoughts. I mean, your team should have won a title. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was it. So I felt like it was it was time for me. Plus, with the U.S. Open, uh, for me, it just felt like time. Mm -hmm. And do you remember playing Isner at that U.S. Open? I sure do. What was that like? It was it, it was wild. Guy serves big, <laughs> but also um. But with bo <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> questionable, um, but also with the with the NCAs that year is a little bittersweet because because that was losing to Axel Alvarez was the only match I'd lost in NCAs during the team event, and so it's kind of um, it's a little bit of a bittersweet thing that I because I won the individual so that was as good as it was gonna get for me. <laughs> But to lose it also for the team was was hard. Which is why, so I, I want to end about this college section, and then we can get into your pro with a little bit of fun. Have a have a quick rapid fire segment for you. Some probably you may not want to answer, but whatever, we'll have fun. We'll start here, and and you could just hold the mic after this. But the first question, you, since you just brought it up, if you could go back and relive that moment of winning the individuals and singles, or go back to your sophomore year, play that Ohio State match again. Experience that when Cobalt double faults and you're, you know, arms in the air. Which do you pick? I'd pick the team event. Right? Yeah. The team is just everything. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, on that, let's talk about your team. You had a ton of fun teammates, and you've mentioned some of them. Your favorite hitting partner during your time at UCLA? Of your teammates. All of these uh, will be questions okay. about your teammates. Mackie. Yeah? yeah? I can only imagine the way. Very clean ball striking. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous. Those courts are nice. All right. Yeah. Favorite teammate to get dinner with? Ooh, McCurchin. And you should know, I don't think Carew said you for any answers. So yeah, that's fair. Under the bus. I will. <laughs> Best to go out with? Uh, Walk-ons or no? Sure. Sure, walk uh, I'll keep it interesting. I'll, I'll keep it with the team. Uh, I'll go probably with Carew. Okay, yeah, he said. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> All right, funniest member of the team? Oh, it's a mix. That's a, uh, we'll say Clay. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah. Um, all right, a couple more fun ones. <laughs> Beat USC or w win a challenger title? Which would you rather do again since you just won in Orlando? Oh, well, we played USC a lot. But it'd probably still be beat USC. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It speaks to how much you love yeah. uh, college tennis. All right, we'll go through. Where, of all the coaches you've had in your career, where does Billy Martin rank? Uh, top three. <laughs> is that be? I hope you've had more than three. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, another fun one. Hmm. Favorite memory in Westwood that you can share? Favorite memory in Westwood. <laughs> hey, this is. It's <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Probably the dinners at uh, after we beat USC. Yeah. Barney's Beanery. <laughs> Great times. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. glad to hear. Well, then let, let's talk a little bit about your pro career. Obviously, 
uh, for our listeners who don't know, uh, you are coming back from double hip surgery. Uh, that sounds significant. I can only you know, <laughs> I can only imagine what's that what that's like. Is is it difficult? You know, obviously any injury is difficult, but it, do you feel added pressure coming back from that injury, knowing that you spent time in college, you didn't go right to the pro tour, so you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm wasting time? Yeah, it was tough. Um, because at the time I was 22, uh, and at that point I felt old already, <laughs> which is wild. You know, lo- looking back, because uh, <laughs> I mean, at the time there's guys like the the Fritzes, the Tommy Pauls, all them, Tiafa, they're all coming up, and so all of a sudden I, I was always a young guy, and now I felt kind of old. So, um, there was that sense of time. I, I felt that timeline pressure, and looking back, I you know I I would tell myself don't. Don't be stupid. It's yeah. <laughs> well, for our fans, what does that rehab process look like when it's double hip? I mean, are you? I'm trying yeah. to imagine like no. <laughs> Wolverine, like in the mat, on the mend. No, I was. Uh, I wanted to do both at the same time, but the surgeon said, "Don't do. Absolutely, don't do it." And I, I thank him for that. <laughs> yeah. I did them six weeks apart. Um, it was uh, non weight bearing for a month. Okay. So then I would start walking fully t- for two weeks, and then went into the other hip surgery um and so it it was four months from my second hip surgery that i could start impact uh and then but it realistically took 10 months from this first surgery till when i was back and feeling like to not thinking about it this is a very childish question so i'll I'll preface it with that but did you get fat a little bit. I was a little chunky. <laughs> you like cut out the in and out. You're like, I can't do that. <laughs> when I came back, I was like, ah, I miss, I missed the, the, the animal style fries. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Well, then, like, listeners again who don't know, during that injury, you go and become a volunteer assistant at UCLA. Obviously, you've had success. You, you're keeping climbing the pro tour, so you'll, you'll continue to do that. But what was that experience like? Delving, you know, dipping your toes into the college coaching world. It was a lot of fun because then uh, at that point I already uh, I'd been out of school for like a year and a half or so and so for me it was awesome going back to a team a team atmosphere. Um, it was really fun. A lot of guys had a lot of energy and so being around Billy Rickus, uh, well uh, Grant and all them it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun and it kind of it gave me a different perspective because up until that point I'd always been the player. Um, and looking at it from a different lens was was a little humbling and it kind of gave me a uh, different insights into the game and it made me appreciate it more sure. could you see yourself going back there once you're done with your professional career yeah i loved it <laughs> <laughs> if they'll have you here's what i i see deaton bauman at usc post peter smith you at ucla i'm happy to be your volunteer assistant by the way if you need any volunteer we'll do the media um yeah but so getting to more recently as you mentioned, you are now back from surgery, fully rehabbed, and you start your year out as well as as well as you probably could have hoped for with a challenger title in Orlando, the first challenger title of your career. What did it mean to you, given that you'd suffered through this long rehab process, to come through that and know that your level is just as good, if not maybe better than ever before? It was really an amazing experience. Uh, it gave me – because I always – I always felt like, you know, I have the level. Like, I practice with a lot of guys that are top 100, and I feel like I can play. I play with them, but I still hadn't proven it to myself to – I still hadn't won a challenger. So, I'd won futures, but it's still naturally – that's the next step. And so, 
to do that kind of gives me some reassurance that, you know, at least I belong at this level and hopefully the next level if I can continue to play well. Um, and it's tough because the last couple of years, I mean, there, there's definitely been some, some up and down, ups and downs. And, uh, and so I had to reassess some things uh, in the middle of last year. And so I, uh, I'm really happy with, with how things have gone. You know, you've mentioned multiple times you, you got the chance to play with the Mackies, the Gages. You also talked about Fritz, Tiafo, watching those guys develop through. Does seeing those younger guys do so well give you a little extra, you know, kick in the ass? Like, I got to get my stuff together. For sure, 100%. 100%. When I see Mackie going and do well, it definitely motivates me. And it's it's really exciting to see that he's doing so well. And do you, do you guys do you still call UCLA your home base, or are you and Carson out out that way? Yeah. Okay. And so, it's just I think for people who don't play tennis, they don't understand how, what a tight knit community. You know, you're seeing the same combination of 32 guys at all of these events. You talked about the camaraderie with your team at UCLA, but do you, when you're traveling to all these Futures Challengers events, is there a camaraderie not only amongst the American guys, but just all of the people playing it? For sure. Um, sometimes it feels like a bit of a traveling circus. We go city to city uh, playing. But, uh, yeah, I feel like the the majority of us all get along. And it's a long season, and it would be just so difficult if none of us got along. I, I can only imagine. Well, I do want to let you go, uh, but I uh, before we go, I want to do two last things. I want to play a little bit of trivia with you, just see how you well you, Marcos Giron remembers his own career, and then I want to put you through a rapid fire so our fans can get to know a little bit more about you. But, Marcos, where did you win your first ATP point, and do you remember who you beat? Ruben Gonzalez, Claremont Future. That's perfect. Do you remember the score? It was it six and five. You have the second set right. Because you got everything else perfect so far, I'll give you Come one, on. one more shot at the first set. Four and five. Four and five is correct. That's really well done. I want you to know Karu did terribly on this. So, yeah, so well, well done. All right, next question. Your first Futures title was where? And do you remember who you beat in the final of that? I beat Novikov. I won four at Claremont. And, I mean, that's that's exactly right. And is that a match you throw in his face? You, you still, I imagine, see him from time to time. I don't. We don't. We don't talk about it. But it, we know. <laughs> really? You, see, if I was, like, if I beat a teammate, I mean, as you just played Max Cressy, and when you're playing team, I'd be like, you, dog, I, I whooped you. <laughs> but so maybe that's not for you. You're far more humble than I am. All right. Um, we'll do one more. Marcos, do you remember who you beat in the final of the NCAA men's individual singles title, and what the score was of that match? Ooh, tough one. Uh. Sir Alex Arkesian, Pepperdine guy, uh, 4-1. That's, you're very good at this. I'm, I'm really impressed. I think you, if we've never had a winner before, but I think you just won the trivia competition. So well done. Well, then, let's end with a rapid fire. I'll put you through a series of questions. Just get a little to know a little bit more about you personally. Favorite non-tennis playing athlete? Kobe. <laughs> Perfect. L.A. theme. That reminds me. Lakers or Clippers? Lakers. <laughs> Rams, Raiders, Chargers, or fourth team to be named later? Uh, yeah, the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> That's bandwagon. I've joined the bandwagon, guys. For Super Bowl, have to do it. Oh, okay. Can you wear shoes on the beach, or is that wrong? It's wrong. <laughs> I think in Rocket Power, they called it shoebies. That's like from back in the day. I always liked we, that line. We, uh, my freshman year, uh, we used to do these beach workouts, and Quinta would make us 
he was he was evol- he was the assistant at the time, and he made us wear shoes to, so that we wouldn't hurt, step on anything. Chris Quinter, right? Yeah. And then he goes to USC. Was that weird? I know this is a random thought. Wow. It, it was it was uh, definitely took a little bit of adjustment. Um, but all right, back to the rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, you know, Chris, we love you, and come on the Cracked Interviews podcast anytime. I'm sure you've got good stories. Favorite city in the world? Probably San Diego. Really? Right. Of all the places. <laughs> oh wait, how about this? Body Luch, Argentina. Shout out, That's where my grandfather. I love that. Well, then, favorite place on this international theme? Favorite place you've traveled to for a tournament, non Grand Slam related? Ooh, um, that's tough. Uh, favorite place that I've traveled to for a tournament? <laughs> probably, uh, yeah, yeah, Claremont. No, um, probably Kelowna, Canada. That's kind of awesome. It's, it's just beautiful. A, it's beautiful. It's almost like Lake Tahoe. It's serene. You're right on, right by the lake, mountains, and beautiful. And another one, you have a lot of downtime in, in, in tennis tournaments. What is Marcos Giron doing when he's not on the court? A mix of Netflix and Squaw. <laughs> <laughs> Little and, Fortnite love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. Well, then, uh, what's the, what's the Netflix show you're watching right now? And it can be multiple. Well, I, sh- I just started Narcos in Mexico. Oh, great choice. And the Thin Man, right? The guy from Star Wars. The, the main, it's a good series. I very much enjoyed it. Um, all right, a, a couple last ones, and then we'll let you go. Favorite tennis player? Roger. <laughs> but but I mean, we'll go back. I I was uh, growing up at Agassi. Really? Yeah. You don't strike me as an – I don't know why you would strike me as one thing or another, but maybe it's that you said Sampras earlier, so you yeah. got me. All right, um, let me think. No, I appreciate it. Favorite restaurant at UCLA? Favorite restaurant at UCLA. Um, <laughs> at uh, TLT. It's a taco place. Oh, I like it. Well, then last one, and I know I asked you this yesterday, but maybe you Sorry. thought of another – Yamato. Uh, but it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. R.I.P. Yamato. Um, <laughs> last question. I, and again, I asked you this yesterday. And Dalton, don't give me that look. I told you this interview. Marcos is one of the, you know, sentimental players of the 2010s college tennis-wise, so thank you so much for sitting down. But it's just L.A. Motto. Um, no. Okay, last question to you. Our name is Cracked Rackets. I know you, you said yesterday you have a Cracked Rackets story, but we'll go more specific this time. Best racket you cracked while at UCLA. And does Clay Thompson have any good racket cracks? Because I can only imagine. You know, Clay didn't really break too many rackets. Um, at UCLA, um, <laughs> I think what. One time, uh, so uh, my sophomore year, we were playing. It was during the Calabasas Future, the year before I won it. Uh, I lost that day, seven five in the third. And so that later that afternoon, we played against Tulsa, and we lost a doubles point. And I, <laughs> I was playing Marsland. Uh, I think I butchered his name. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, and I got code violated for an audible obscenity in the first set. And uh, that one I deserved. The, then the so, I, but I won the first and the second set. I as as I finished this, as we were finishing the second set, we had clinched the matches. So it was a ten point breaker for a third. After I lost the second set, and that's a code. And so I got game penalty, lost the match because of that. And I went back into the locker <laughs> and smashed one. <laughs> that is so brutal. I can only imagine. Well. Sorry for the long, uh, going too hard. No, that's the perfect way to end this. Marcos, yeah, I, I believe you're headed to Dallas next. Yeah. And then, uh, 
where where can fans be watching you play? You know, over the next couple months. Uh, in a couple weeks, hopefully the Indian Wells Challenger and hopefully the uh, Indian Wells qualifying and mate. Look, Indian Wells, you're not going to find a better guy. Get this man a wild card, please. But Marcos Giron, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. I really appreciate it.